Spirit of God, then your worship is accepted in the throne room of God. That is most important that we understand that. This is the direction that worship should take every week to where we are entering into a position of praise that touches our inner man and brings out of us the ministry, one to another, but the ministry in the Spirit. That's what this is all about. If you go there, then you have gone to the place that God designed worship to go. If you fail to do that, then you are uh, operating in the border and boundary areas. You haven't entered into the depth. You're in the outer area, in the outer court. Well, thank you to those that, that uh, led us to that today. We appreciate your ministry and your faithfulness. And um, we are deeply moved and touched by uh, your ministry. Now, we're going to begin to talk about the operation of salvation as Jude looks into the plan of salvation. Now, when we do that, we're going to find out that in one chapter, Jude um, begins to outline all of the things that I've been preaching and teaching to you. Someone would say, and did say to me this week, you preach things that we've never heard before. Well, that probably is somewhat true. But it's not things that are not in the Scripture. And things that have not been taught in Scripture by others, we have just, God has given us the ability to put His Word together so that it makes sense to uh, those of us who are striving to walk in the steps of Jesus Christ. I had a man say this this week. I now know that living only in the cross is not the grand design of God. That was a revelation to him. Because there was more to it than just what occurred at the cross. Someone else said to me on this issue, all we have to do is read. Because all of the acts of Jesus Christ are identified in Scripture for a purpose, for a reason. They're not there just to complete the story. They're each one there in phase to do a work for the believer. Well, we're going to come across that today. In today's message, I'm going to show you how to locate the spiritual condition and veracity of those who call themselves Christians. Now someone would say to me, Pastor Mike, that sounds like judging to me. No, no, there are definite landmarks, lights, benchmarks, if you will, along the way that would allow us to look at the lives of those of whom we encounter that call themselves Christians and say, this is where your life is based on the works and acts of Jesus Christ. Paul's, uh, Jude's going to show us that today. And before I go there, I want to tell you, 
the, 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 every piece of the music today was beautiful, wasn't it? Amen. Amen. And didn't you enjoy it when that electric piano kicked in there with the, whatever it was it was when he did what he did, how he did it? Didn't that, wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. Thank you. All right. So we're going to look into the book of Jude. Let's look up. Stand up and read with me. And I say verses 1 through 3, but I'm only going to preach on verse 1, so I'm only going to read verse 1. Here we go. Jude, the servant. I could stop right there. And I can preach the rest of this message from those three words. But I, in order to get you in context, I have to go on and listen to what Jude says. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to them, now watch this now, that are sanctified by God the Father, and are preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Do you see four words there? You see the word servant. He leads this out with the term servant. Then he says, I'm a servant because I was sanctified. I'm a servant because I was preserved. And I'm a servant because I was called. That's four critical positions. They happen to be four positions of which we've been preaching to you about. In the names of Jesus Christ. In the works or actions of Jesus Christ in the replications of the Holy Ghost from those actions that are all identified in the divine plan of God that we know and we call salvation. Now let's go ahead and pray and then we'll break it down. Father, open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. May we then apply it to our lives and be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, would you speak to us? Would you minister through the Holy Spirit precisely what you want us to know, do, understand, and demonstrate? We will then receive it and release it to your people. And we'll be corrected, we'll be changed, led, and guided into a deeper truth and a deeper knowledge of understanding of what the Word of God and the plan of God is unfolding in our life. We give you praise for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Thank you. We love you. You may be seen. So Jude has located himself. Jude has told us right off the bat where he is in the portion of the works of Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. I have progressed from being called, preserved, sanctified. Now I'm a servant. So the position from which man comes into servitude is very important. Jude is going to take us through the ministry that's going to define for us in Scripture how he has contended and that's critical that you see that. How he has contended for the faith. Now later in Jude's book, you're going to see Jude refer to being delivered and to being in the presence of God. All in one chapter, Jude is going to totally define all of the actions of Jesus Christ. In those actions of Jesus Christ, now I want to say this to you, I just did a seven-part a podcast, about 30 to 35 minutes per podcast 
on how the Holy Spirit works and how those works are applied to Jesus and then how Jesus applied the gifts through the Holy Ghost to the church. We've never understood it. We have said we got it all when we got saved. Can't be. Can't be because when we look at where Jude is coming from, we realize that Jude is operating from a perspective, if we work it backwards, of being called, preserved, sanctified, then becoming a servant. And in his writing, he shows where he was delivered and operating in the presence of God. So Jude has contended for something. Now, when you contend for something, that means that you do everything that needs to be done day by day, week by week, month by month, and year by year to gain something. When I was coaching football, you know, we would play 10 or 11 games a year. Every week we contended for that game. Why did we do it? Because at the end of the year, how well we contended week by week made us to be able to be placed in a playoff by position, by wins and losses, until we would contend again based on our body of work in the first 11 weeks of the year. So Jude is saying, I'm contending for something. I'm not going someplace and saying I got it all and I'm done. He's saying I'm contending for something. I, I have been called... But then I went through the, the state of preservation. I went through the state of sanctification. And now I am a servant. Now let's just stop and look at this word servant. Sometime during this, I'll go deeper into every one of these words because they're all germane to what it is I'm trying to teach you about your walk with Jesus Christ. But before I go into that servitude, I want to tell you, if you have chosen to stop along the way, then you are thwarting the work of God and the plan of God. Now, Acts 2.22 says something that is very important. And I'm going to do a total podcast on this coming up, so you don't want to miss it. Acts 2.22, Peter said that you in Jerusalem know of this man from Nazareth named Jesus. And this man from Nazareth, now watch this now, was a man approved by God. He was approved by God. Think about that. So what was he approved for? Well, Peter says they was approved for miracles, wonders, and signs that he did among you. Well, was that all that God approved Jesus for? Did you ever think that God from the very beginning of time approved that Jesus Christ would be the propitiation for sin. That He would go to the cross and that He would lay down His life and there sin would be for the first time taken captive by a spiritual act of God. God approved Jesus for that. And from that, every man was forgiven. And all of the sin that man encountered from the original sin was encapsulated and in one 24-hour period totally healed. It was approved by God for it to be that way. 
Now Judah's staying here, and I've gone from one position of approval into another position of approval. Let me tell you how it equates. You get a job. And from that job, there are promotions along the way. What are they saying? We approve the work you did here. Now we want to move you into this position, and you'll do well there. And then there is another, and you keep being approved and moved along. Along the way, you are rewarded. Why? According to your work. Isn't that what Jesus said was going to happen in Matthew chapter 11? Whenever he looked at the men and the women that were listening and said, here's what I want you to do. Pick up your cross and follow me. And when you do, you're going to come into a place where I will reward you according to his works. Well, now think about that a second. What's that mean? Whose works are we going to be rewarded for? Is it our works? So what works are we going to do? Are we now, now notice Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. So we have to assume that we, by picking up our cross, are saying, I'm a member of Jesus Christ. I believe on Jesus Christ. I'm carrying a cross. But what I'm going to do from here is I'm going to follow after His works. Not my works. My works now become as nothing. I'm going to follow after what he's done. Isn't that what we see Jude saying here? Jude is saying, I've been called. I've been preserved. I've been sanctified. Now I'm a servant. And the servant is not the ending place where God would take you or have you to be. Because there is a plan of salvation that is going to allow you to do what Habakkuk 3.13 said that the man of salvation would allow you to do. You are going to come into the place where you are going to step on the head of the wicked from the foundation to the very neck. Now, can you do that at the cross? No, not possible. At the cross, you're going to be forgiven and you're going to be healed. Can you do that at the tomb? No, not possible. Because there you're simply going to bring your flesh under subjection and leave it there and be preserved in your spirit. Can you do it? from going into the region of the damned and being delivered, depositing your old nature and taking on a new nature. No! You will there pick up the robe of righteousness and you will be made by the force of the action of resurrection to be totally different. But all of these are personal spiritual structure. What Jude is saying is that I've gone beyond where my personal faith and my personal structure is into a place of sheer servitude. How did I get there? I was separated by God. I was brought into a new position by grace and the blood. I was brought now into the ability to step into servitude. What is accompanied with servitude? What Jesus told us in Mark chapter 16 and Matthew 28. He said that all authority is given to me and you take my authority as a servant of mine and you begin to produce from servitude the acts associated with the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit will begin to replicate those acts in the lives of those 
to whom you are producing that name. Now, we have a lot of people using the name. We have a lot of people talking about the name. We use the name in most any way we want to. We pray about dinner. You know, we say in the name of Jesus, bless this food. Nice thing. But servitude goes deeper than a prayer over somebody's food. It goes deeper than a prayer over somebody's offering. It goes deeper than anything we can comprehend if we do not understand that servitude that Jude is bringing us to brings us into a state of soundness whereby as a servant, we no longer are interested in our wants, our needs, our ideas, our desires, our affections or our lust. Look what Jude said. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. What is Jude doing here? He is saying, anything Jesus wants, that's what I do. I stood right over there about five minutes before the Holy Spirit began to move. And the Holy Ghost said to me, Jesus speaking, this is the thing we don't understand. Jesus Christ speaks today. He speaks today in the Spirit of God. I heard a preacher say just this week, now anybody that says Jesus speaks to them, well, I just get concerned over them. Ain't you reading nothing? If you take somebody and give them the Word of God, put them in a room by themselves with no spiritual teaching, and they simply read the Word of God, they're going to come out with an understanding from the Word of God that Jesus speaks they're going to come out with an understanding that the Holy Ghost is real. They're going to come out with an idea and an understanding that Jesus Christ is doing through the Holy Ghost is communicating to you and me so that we will know precisely what to do and have the wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirit, the ability to operate in faith, healing, and miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy until the world gets a message from the throne room of God, not from what I think. I stood right over there five minutes before this thing happened. The Lord spoke to me and said, just stand here and let me have my way. That's what he said, just stand here and let me have my way. So what did I do? I stood there and waited, knowing that at some point something was about to go on that would glorify God that those people on Facebook would look and say, something's happening at FFC that ain't happening in my Baptist church, that ain't happening in my Methodist church. It ain't happening most of the time in my Pentecostal church. But at FFC, they know how to stand in the presence of God and worship and make themselves servants of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a great thing, huh? So here we stand. What is a servant? A servant is one who carries out directions and orders given to them by another. So Jude is standing here saying to you, there is a place for you and me that we can go where Jesus Christ himself will allow us to be his ministers and his servants and to take His name. And when we speak His name, out of our mouth is going to come something that doesn't belong to us in our intellect. 
It doesn't belong to us in our flesh, but it does belong to us in our spirit. It does belong to us in our soul because when we hear the voice of Jesus Christ, that says to the world, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk, rise up and be well, rise up and be healed, rise up and be delivered, rise up and be made free of captivity, rise up and leave bondage, rise up and leave poverty, rise up in that name, out of that name, that inner man, comes a power that is separated so that the Lord works with you. Amen. He begins to confirm it. How did it happen? Because I did it? Because I prayed? Because I spent my time becoming pious? No, no, no. It simply happens because I have come into the plan of God where I have separated myself to do what it is God has called me by the actions. Now, you cannot miss this. What God has called me to do by the actions of Jesus Christ. Not my actions, not your actions. God has called you to contend for the faith. God has called you to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Most people think, that the Lordship of Jesus Christ is nothing more than me saying He's Lord over me. Well, that's a start, but it ain't the ending place. Most people think that servitude is just doing something for God. Working in the church, praying, reading the Bible. That's servitude. That's not what the Lordship servitude, my friends, is all about. Because your position, your condition... Your input as a servant of His Lordship is not in question. It is not anything you're going to do with your feet or you're going to do with your hands or you're going to do out of your intellect that is going to change one iota of anything in anybody's life, including your own. When servitude happens from the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we can see Jesus teaching it in John 16. He said, I am going to guide you. Where? Into truth. What is the truth going to produce? It's going to produce the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And how is it going to be produced? The Holy Ghost is going to produce it. How's He going to do it? He's not going to speak anything about what He thinks, what He wants, what He would do, how He would come about doing it. He's not going to say, I'm going to take care of that mountain and I'm going to make it a plain. No, 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 no. He's only going to speak what Jesus Christ is saying to him. And when he does, he will show you things that are to come that are going to be great and mighty works of God. How do we know that? Because Jesus said in John 14, he said, you're going to do works that I do. And you're going to do greater works than I do. How's that going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to lead you by his voice as you become servants of his lordship. After you recognize who he is as Lord and that from that name every knee 
every name, every tongue bows when the servant speaks. Why is that, Pastor Mike? Well, the reason is because the servant is not speaking from what he can do. The servant is speaking from the perspective of the message given by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. See, this is a different perspective. And Jude is saying, look, I'm the servant of Jesus. He says, I'm the brother of James. I'm the one that was sanctified to become this servant. I'm the one that was brought to through the contention of following Jesus and picking my cross and going where Jesus went and denying myself. I denied how I feel about it. I denied what I think about it. I denied my wants, my ideas, my opinions. I begin to look for insight that came from the throne room of God. I begin to look at how the exalted name of Jesus would change everything about me. Now, people don't want it. They don't like it. They don't think it's there because all they think is happening is they personally are bowing. But my friend, in the plan of God, Jesus said these words. He said, in my name, they will believe. And when they believe, you're going to teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you for them to do. And lo, I am with you always. Then what's going to happen out of his lordship? What is the servant going to be prepared to do? What is the servant's message now? It's clear it's in Mark 16. He said your message will be that when you use this name in servitude, you will cast down devils. You will paralyze hell with that name. You will speak with a new tongue. What will that tongue be? It may be a tongue of an unknown tongue. It may be a tongue of prophecy. It may be a tongue of interpretation. It may be a tongue of a new and deeper faith. It may be a tongue of miracles. It may be a tongue of healing. It may be a tongue that discerns the spirit in the room. It may be a tongue of knowledge. It may be a tongue of wisdom, but whatever it is, it will be a divine revelation of what Jesus Christ is saying to his people, for his people, by him to those who are his servants now. They will then begin to have the ability in this lordship, in this servitude, to look out into the world and see the attacks that are coming at them. See where the devil is getting ready to unleash. Now watch. If I stay in the cross, I'm vulnerable. If I stay in the tomb, I'm vulnerable. Because in the tomb, I have been preserved, but I've never come back out of that tomb. You see, the great thing about Lazarus was that Lazarus came out of the tomb. And when he came out of the tomb, he dropped off his grave clothes. He said, I'm not in there anymore. I don't need these clothes anymore. I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive. I've got power that no one in the world but me and Jesus Christ can relate to. Why? Because Jesus called him out and said, Father, you hear my prayer always. Lazarus, 
come forth. And then he said to him, now that he's out of the tomb, loose him and let him go. Now that you've come into the lordship of Jesus Christ, be loosed in the servitude of God. Be loosed in the power of God. Be loosed in the authority that is in Jesus Christ. Carry forth the message as a servant who has been made by the force of the work of Jesus Christ to be free. What a great place to be. Amen? This is it. This is where you are. But the world doesn't get it. They don't understand it. They don't even want to hear about it. They don't want to know about this servitude because this servitude brings them into a position where they have to be sanctified. If you're not being sanctified, you'll never come into servitude. What does sanctified mean? I'm being separated. I'm being called to a new course of reality. I'm being called into a new place with God. Sanctification. Such things that are besetting sins are weighed, laid down. Sanctified. I'm totally separated now. I have no other message. I have no other message. There's no other message worth preaching. Social justice, is that a greater message than the message of Jesus Christ and Him as Lord? How about self-motivation? How about living your best life now? Are those a greater message than the message of the servant who stands and preaches and teaches that the name of Jesus is the most powerful name the world has ever heard and it will transform anyone to whom it is transmitted by a servant who is a witness of the message of what Je the name of Jesus has accomplished in all three worlds? Is there a message greater? I say no. Is there a message with more potency? I say no. Is there a message with more power? I say no. Is there a message with more presence? I say no. Is there a message that is better in presentation? I say no. We have a lot of people in the world that stand up and say a lot of stuff, and they're very good at it. They communicate. And people say, oh, that was so great. Didn't change a thing. Only the name of Jesus, only the message given by a servant that pronounces the power, the authority, the presence, and the presentation of that name will change anything in this world. Let me tell you why I know. Because Paul said that name has the power to take you out of darkness and translate, move you completely into a new kingdom. Now watch. What happens in that kingdom? This is critical. I'm about done. What happens in that kingdom? You go into that kingdom and you are under someone who rules you and who reigns in your kingdom. Now then, in that kingdom, you were called. Through that work, action of Jesus, you were preserved. In that kingdom you are sanctified. And then you are brought into his service. Now once in that service, you have a weapon and a tool that often we have tried to use and been very frustrated with it. We have said, 
In the name of Jesus, so-and-so. In the name of Jesus, so-and-so. And we walk away and we say, well, that didn't work. I don't see any difference. Let's just, let's try it again some other time. And people will come to you and they will say, you know that God is a sovereign God. God has a will. And you can't get away from His will. And it may not have been His will to heal you. It may not have been His will to give you what you were pronouncing. You know, you just can't get away from God's will. Well, my friend, if you stay in the cross, in the tomb, in the resurrection, using the name of Jesus is not going to produce in you what it is you're trying to get. You will only produce when you become His servant. Because the message of which you are producing is no longer a message that comes out of your intellect. The message of which you are producing as His servant is carrying the orders of the King. See the difference? So when we stay in the periphery and we pronounce in the periphery, all of the things that the, the, the modern day preachers will tell us we can. That we can say it, name it, blab it, claim it, grab it, take it by faith. All of these things. Ain't going to work. Not going to bring about the desired result. What it's going to do is, it's going to get you in trouble. It's going to get you in debt. It's going to get you entangled. It's going to get you entrapped. It's going to bring about the trials of this life. And then you're going to say, why, God? How come you did this to me? He didn't. You did. Until you come under the understanding of His Lordship, where you become a servant messenger. Only then will this lie. Because you will not be using it for your own benefit. You will be using it as a benefit out of the throne room of God that will move heaven and move earth and you will begin to be the whosoever that says whatsoever to the mountain because you're operating out of your own intellect, out of your own faith, and now you're operating in the faith of God. What a word! We messed this thing up. That's the message. And Jude's setting us straight. We messed it up. Because we never understood that God had a plan. And we never understood that every benchmark, every step in the plan was approved by God. If Jesus had stopped at the cross, that would have been the only thing God approved. Think about it. But He didn't. He didn't. So that meant the plan of God had another step of approval. And another step of approval. There are six steps of approval. And it will take every one of those steps for you to be able to do what Habakkuk 3.13 said you could do which was defeat the house of the wicked 
and step on him from the foundation to the neck. You'll never do that until you come into truth. Truth. And follow, pick up yourself, your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. When you do, there will be rewards accorded for you that will be based upon His work. If it's based upon your work, your personal work, and all you have done is gone to the cross, then the only reward of which you will ever receive is what happened there. If it is His work, then you must go where He went. Walk where He walked. Come into the light in which He came into. When you do, you will begin to find that you will take on a new job, a new role, a new position, a new condition. You'll operate under new terms. And that term will be the authority and the power and the presence. Now watch it here because this is a big word. And the presentation of the name of Jesus Christ. And when you do, you will begin to see your world manifest things that you read about in the Word of God. You'll begin to see your world manifest things you read about in the Word of God. Just this morning I lay in bed. My sinuses went closed, couldn't breathe. I know this. I know this. Me and Jude, we've been to the same place. I said, Lord, You are my Lord. I am Your servant. I will follow any message You give me. I said, in the name of Jesus, nostrils, you open up and begin to breathe. Because of power, presence, and presentation. Your body will do the same when you come into the servitude. Your ear will hear. Your throat will be healed. Your body will become well. Why? Because you're operating under lordship. And you're operating as a servant. Now someone said, when can I begin to do that? And I'm closing with this comment. Well, my friend, have you been to the cross? Have you gone to the tomb with Paul and said, I die daily. I bring my body under subjection. Well, you're on your way now. You're moving that direction. Have you been 
to the region of the dam and deposited your old nature there? Or are you still struggling with words and deeds and acts that are contrary to the new man? Someone would say, yeah, but Pastor Mike, you know all sin and comes your to glory of God. Fooey, hogwash. God's plan is not that weak. God's plan is not that weak. You may be that weak, but you are only that weak because you do not understand what Jesus Christ has done for you. So when you come out of that tomb, having deposited the old man, now you come out with a robe of righteousness. What does that mean? You have met the standard of God. What is that standard going to do? And I'm going to, I'm going to get ready in the next few weeks to begin teaching on Wednesday night. All of the things that each of these steps accomplished. What should have happened to you when you went there? Now then, coming out of the tomb, you still aren't ready to use the name of Jesus for anything more than for you to be saved or your flesh to, to die or for your sin man to be deposited. All personal spiritual growth. But now when you come on up into the throne room of God, follow Him in priesthood, what are you doing there? Still spiritual growth. Still operating in your faith. Still operating by how it is that your spirit man needs to come into the position of worship. Now, once I'm sanctified there, I can make that big leap into the Lordship of Jesus Christ and lose myself and lose the need for my faith and attach it to Him as Paul said in Galatians 2.20. And there I bring about the faith of the Son of God. When I bring about that faith, out of me comes Lordship. I no longer am developing my own personal spiritual self, I am now a servant. Someone said to me, well, don't I still need to do that? Yeah, Paul said I die daily. I don't quit doing those things. But whenever I'm dead, I'm dying to that. I'm ensuring, I'm guarding and keeping myself. I'm resisting the devil. I'm drawing near unto God and he's drawing near unto me because I know the devil like a roaring lion is seeking to devour whomever he may, but I ain't going to let him. I'm going to live now. In the four works of my spiritual growth, I'm going to walk over now and say, here I am, Lord. I'm ready. I'm a servant of God now. I'm your servant. I have a servitude to give. And out of my mouth, when I speak the name of Jesus, isn't going to come anything of me. It's going to come all of you. And all of your faith is going to begin to permeate those that are around me. It's going to begin to touch the lives of those who I go into the hospital or I go into the restaurant or the salon and I lay hands on them in that name and they're going to be moved, changed, transmitted and transferred into a new life. That's where you need to be. And the truth is you're not done yet. You're not done yet. There's more. But Jude started off by saying, I have come through being called being preserved. I've come through being sanctified. And now I'm a servant. I'm a messenger that speaks the name of Jesus with power, with His presence, and with a presentation that changes the lives of those to whom I speak that name over. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes.
What a message. God, open our eyes that we can see. Our ears that we can hear. Right this moment, God, may your people walk this walk. May they come into each step of the way. Father, you know that every day I pray every step of this way. I go to the cross. I go to the tomb. I go to the region of the damned in my spiritual eye. I go into the throne room of God and there I produce the work of worship as a priest. I walk into the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I become a servant of Him in my prayer life. Today I'm asking you to bring these. Those that are listening and those that are in the sanctuary. Walk them through this step. So that they can say in their spirit, Father, I have been where Jesus was. I have walked with Jesus. I am denying myself as Jesus denied Himself. I do not walk in fear because I know that no place along this way are you going to leave my soul in condemnation. I know that you are going to exalt me just as you exalted Jesus because I am an heir with Him. I walk with Him today into servitude. I bow my head. I bow my hands. I bow my heart. I bow my tongue. I bow my life. I bow everything that is anything to me. I bow my opinions. I bow my angers. I bow my dislikes. I bow those distastes. I bow everything and anything, God, that would keep me from operating in dual relationship. You being the commander and me being the commanded. You being king and me being your servant. I bow that to you today. I surrender that to you today. I lay down myself. Now if you prayed that prayer, simply stand to your feet. Lift your hands and say, God, today, today I have gone the steps of Jesus. I have walked those steps and I am now your servant. I have the God-given privilege of using the name of Jesus Christ in power, in your presence, and presented to a world as if Jesus Himself were speaking. I take it. I see it. I take it. I want it. I receive it. I walk in the light of it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Raise your hands now and praise Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We praise You for Your goodness. We thank You, Jesus. You are now Lord and we are Your servants. We will say what You say. We will think what You think. We will do what You do. We will listen to what You say. We will be led by You. We will be guided by You. We will be shown great and mighty things by You. And when the moment comes that You need us to speak, we will hear the words that You speak and say them out and present Jesus to my word. Give the Lord a hand clap of prayer. If you don't know Him today, I want you to know Him. Simply say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I want you to become Lord to me.
I want to learn how to make you, Lord. But I want you to save me today. Save me. God, I pray that you will minister to everyone under the sound of my voice and bring them into truth. We will give you praise. Apply it to our lives. And we will thank you. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless those that hear your word. Verily, verily, I say unto you, live in spirit and live in truth. If you do, you will live in the power, the presence, and the presentation of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. See you tonight at 6 o'clock.